Hi, did you know that we do video content too? Go to twitch.tv slash duckfeedtv and follow us there to get notifications when we go live or go to youtube.com slash duckfeedtv. A few different shows that we do there and uh, we stand by all of them. They're all archived. Uh, Go check them out if you are a person who watches video. Once again, that is twitch.tv slash duckfeedtv and youtube.com slash duckfeedtv. Gary Butterfield. This is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are reading your responses to the three games we talked about here in July of 2018. The Sims 3, Donkey Kong 94, and Pathologic. And because we couldn't let EDF sit unremarked upon, I included two late responses to that as well. Hmm. Hmm, late to the party, EDF. <laughs> a little late to the party. Well, you know, well, look who decided to show up. Yeah, no, no, yeah. People. Look who, look who remembered he has a job. <laughs> there you go. I'm adding that to the catchphrase list. <laughs> look, I, think, I feel like that can apply to a lot of things. Look who remembered he has a job. <laughs> you know, like somebody shows up late to something. <laughs> no, just use yeah. that whenever you want. Yeah. Just use that. Like just uh, like a uh, uh, yeah. wakey wakey. Yeah, yeah, Wiki Wiki's not bad either. I, I feel like, uh, but that's not good for, I mean, I guess that is good. Like, if you're out having, like, lunch or brunch or something, uh-huh. and then somebody shows up. Like, here, let, let's do a real quick test. Okay. Yeah, so, like, we're in we're in a brunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say in Paris. Let's live a little. <laughs> and the uh, and somebody somebody shows up, and just imagine somebody, like, you play two people sitting at a table and try your phrase, and I'll be somebody shows up for brunch late. And then, then I'll play uh, two people at the table, and you show up late. Okay. Okay, so you're you're at the brunch table. I'm like, yeah. Uh, hey, hey guys, sorry, sorry, I'm late. My lift didn't actually know where to where the place was. No, wakey, wakey. No, it's not see, bad. It's not, yeah. it's, I mean, it's a little weird, but it's, it's more like <laughs> surreal than anything. I would think you were already talking about something different. Yeah. At the person, let me try my. Let's try mine real quick. Okay. Hey, hey, sorry about that. I just uh, had a phone call I had to deal with, and I kind of set everything behind. Well, look who remembered they have a job. I like that one because it comes with it comes with a certain amount of emotional violence. <laughs> yeah, I like it too. It's really condescending. Yeah. The, uh... <laughs> okay, cool. Like, let's throw it on the list. Yeah. Okay, I've got the <laughs> list. No, no, I'm I'm really glad you do too because I was going through them, repeating them uh, before bed to make sure I remembered them. Like Arya Stark with her list, <laughs> and to make sure I had them all. There and I just want to make sure that it's external in case my brain goes bad. Oh yeah, uh, which is always a thing. I've got a very nice uh, drafting pad. It's got like a hmm. like a brass back, and it's got a you know just a very fine graph paper. It's kind of bolted to it, and uh, really, it has solely been used to write these things down over the past several weeks. Excellent. So, yeah, yeah. Wiki wiki could be like a twitch streamer's like hey guys wakey 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 it's your boy <laughs> you know? um uh speaking of our boys these responses are our boys and i will get us started with our first boy about <laughs> the sims 3 yes segway prince um carl says via contact 
I picked up The Sims 3 after hearing you'd be covering it, but was quickly dismayed when I found out how open-ended it is. I couldn't decide what to do or figure out what mattered. Then my nine-year-old daughter picked it up and quickly became obsessed. I conclude that my imagination is dead. Great episode. Well, thank you. Thanks. Um, you got to get some stories out of your nine-year-old. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And it is, it is like figuring out what to do. Like it is, um, you know, there's, there's that, we, we talked about this a lot and I feel like in the early games of the show, but there's that continuum between like game and toy. Yeah. Yeah. Sims is closer to a toy. Like you do make your own fun. Mm-hmm. So like sitting down with it, like, um, I mean, there are goals and stuff, but sitting down with it being something, something kind of slightly closer to like Gary's mod than to half-life mm-hmm. is, uh, is a good attitude, I think. Yeah. And you're not always, you're not always, uh, um, ready for that you don't always have the energy for it even if you um you know might enjoy that at certain times right Mm -hmm. sometimes you just want to be told what to do yeah thank you carl uh moving on here to jason who says via contact the sims is a series i've played off and on since a friend helped me make my first sim on his copy of the game i've always been a fan of the game's charm especially in the silly descriptions of the various furnishings and the simlish language itself i think it's the traits system Uh, that makes The Sims 3 as fun for me as it is. It's the little changes that they make to the game that I love. If you make a Daredevil Sim, all actions have extreme in front of them. This is epitomized by the action, take extreme shower until extremely clean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the copy I got came with ambitions, and I love making Sims uh, to try the variety of jobs available. My favorite was definitely Detective, though. I don't play very often anymore, but my wife has gotten many expansions and continues to thoroughly enjoy the game. We both enjoy randomly breaking out our favorite simlish phrases to each other. Dabadabada. Oh. Yeah. Dabu. Dabu. Um, yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I like I like the descriptions of uh, traits and stuff. And also sometimes the descriptions, um, I didn't, I think I brought this up during the episode, but I might not have. Um, of the uh, uh, the goals that you can get, the little wishes <laughs> that you can have. There's a really good one for dogs where it's just like food and it's a picture of food. Mm-hmm. And then when you hover over, the description is eat the food. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, man. Like, that's, that's a good wish. <laughs> uh, all of the training. When do we get the freaking guns? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you eat enough food and then eventually you lose the ability to pee. You know, it does this weird. It's all plugged yeah. up. All plugged up. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you, Jason. Moving on to Brett, uh, who says via contact. Uh, GNK, I have a great memory from my time with The Sims. I want to share a great memory from my time with The Sims. I was 12 or 13 years old, and I looked up how to load a game with custom songs. I fired up my compact Presario with Windows ME, dialed into AOL to download 2000's mega hit It Wasn't Me by Shaggy on Kaza, Kaza or Morpheus <laughs> and replaced one of the game's stereo files with it. I booted up the game and took Bob Newby's sloppy ass to his stereo, uh, turned it on, and picture this. We were both butt naked, banging on the bathroom floor. Picture this. Uh, we were both butt naked, banging on the bathroom floor. Yeah, <laughs> It worked. Um, aside from how funny it is, I still think about this 16 years later. I can also remember feeling like a hacker. I just manipulated the game's files, and I was certainly proud. <laughs> That's great. I just I love the I love all of the 2000s details there. You know, I like to think yeah. I'm above that nostalgia. But like, yeah, no, I remember the switched from from, from Napster to, to Kaza to briefly to Morpheus then iMesh for a while mm. and then nothing until Torrance came. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, 
No, I did the same thing back in the day. Like, it was a big deal always to have Winamp running running in the background. Like, one of the first things I figured out how to do with EverQuest was run Winamp in the background and use chat commands like console commands to, you know, go back and forth through stuff. And mm. loading up things, so like, oh, I'm playing basically the entirety of the Foo Fighters. There is nothing left to lose, you know, on mm-hmm. the stereo because I want to listen to that while I was playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good touch. Uh, having sex on the bathroom floor seems extremely uncomfortable. <sighs> Don't you think it'd be refreshing though? That cool, cool tile. No, because it's too. Because uh, there's too much movement. Mm. Like there's, I feel as I get older, there's less space space between my bones and my surface. <laughs> you know, maybe like, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not skinnier. Right. Like that sounds like I described skinner, skin like a, a thinner style curse, and that's not what happened. <laughs> I just think that like when I lay down, it just I feel the the fact that there's something hard pressing against my bone more. Right, like, right. Not my dick, my my bone, my skeleton. Right. You know? No, it feels uh, it's it, it's almost like a suspension problem. I think. Like, yeah, you know, like your bones are less supple, so any kind of like pressure, pressure points make yeah. it feel like you're lying on a bed of spikes, but the bed of spikes is you. Yes. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't like that. I mean, ben Shaggy was a young man at the time, though. <laughs> Shag- so, like, yeah, like, Shaggy was spry, <laughs> and also yeah. it wasn't him. Like, could have been a. I, I guess it could have been Mister Fantastic. <laughs> could have been anybody without bones. <laughs> <laughs> you know, any of those people without like bones. Yeah. Like, <laughs> rolled out on the carpet for a buck spread, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is very good. Uh, moving on to Matt, who says via contact, sorry if this doesn't qualify, but I think this story is funny. When I was a little kid, The Sims was a game I wanted to play more than any other. The idea of having a digital playhouse with little people whose lives you control seemed like so my shit when I was nine. So I put it on my Christmas list one year, and lucky me, my uncle got me a copy. I was so excited. I got home and installed the game and started playing. It seemed strange at first. I had to build roads, sewers, and choose housing density, set municipal tax rates. I had no idea these things were in the game. But how do I how do I go into the houses I'm building to see the people? That's that's what I wanted to do. After days of being a terrible urban planner and trying everything I could, uh, everything everything I could think of to get into the houses to see my Sims, I turned on the internet for answers. Um, I realized my mistake. I had asked for a copy of Sim City, not The Sims. I truly thought they were the same game. Um, I've still never played The Sims, but your podcast has definitely made me want to again. I'll try to buy the right game this time. Yeah. <laughs> Are you kind of like surprised they never did that? They, they 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 were about to. There was one that was like a neighborhood level. So it was like Sim Town or something like that. Mm. Uh, that was going to kind of mix the two. That would make individual Sims more of an element in uh, in kind of a uh, smaller scale. Um, city and town planning kind of thing but they, they they scrapped that because it was just too much of a too much of a chimera i guess yeah 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 it's a neat idea though like an urban spore mm-hmm. you know like you can you can have that level of zoom in <laughs> i i, I yeah. heard i heard that as ur- urban spore like s-p-o-o-r oh sure yeah like 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 shit on the streets <laughs> right you know as, as, as a, happens when you live as, in a major a, metropolitan area as a symptom of a horrible housing crisis yeah 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 you know you know how that is. You know how that is. Yeah. No, no urban spore would be good. I, I don't know. I'm, I know spore is bad, but I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Oh yeah, I I I created a popular tweet that was like, you know, it'd be a good game for a while. Fucking mm-hmm. spore. 
because like it would be, it's to be a great wolf game because it's not good you know but it's really interesting and it has a fascinating story about it with like the drm and the like the campaign to tank the reviews mm-hmm. and you know kind of pre-release stuff and also it's kind of fun you know like it's not good but it's fun to make your guys and it's fun to design cities and rockets and shit like that mm-hmm. like that would be a really great wolf game i think yeah lots of uh yeah. lots of player expression in that even if yep. it doesn't add up to much yeah, even it adds up to jack shit. Yeah, like it's you know it's 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 real bad actually. Like it's <laughs> yeah. not a good game, but it's it's a uh, it's pretty. It would be fun to talk about. Yeah. I think. I remember they did a monster factory about Spore, and it just would not run. Like there was an, oh, apparently yeah. a nightmare to do because it was just so unstable on modern systems. Because so that would be something we would have to uh, have to take into account if we undertook that. Like, yeah, I, interesting. I, I own a copy yeah. of it. Like it, it wouldn't be that hard to wouldn't be that hard to float a trial balloon. But yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, I would, I would definitely, I've got a copy of it somewhere as well. Yeah. So I have to try that, but like, yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, thank you, uh, to Matt. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Ashton. Uh, I've been playing the Sims since the first game came out when I was a kid. As I got older though, it became a coping mechanism for when I felt I had no control in my life. If I just make my sim study, achieve, and find meaningful relationships, then I could do it too. When my depression was at its deepest, or I can't find any motivation, I'll imagine a little mouse button dragging me away from the bed or computer and forcing me to take a shower to do the dishes to tidy up. These games also brought me unexpected joy. One of my favorite moments happened in The Sims 2 uh, Nightlife. Uh, the Sims 2 Nightlight is like a cute idea. <laughs> also, would, Sims, Sims purchase... 2 ni- ni- Knife Life. Knife Life is awesome. <laughs> Sims 2 Knife Life is very good. <laughs> like, like every verb is just like stab. You have like a stab meter that like you have to get on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Attack um, bottom of pool with Claymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, Ashton continues. I made a vampire Sim. Uh, he lived on his own and worked for every penny and party. One day, he didn't make it back to his house in time, and in a desperate attempt, I had him fly back to his house in bat form, but the sun burnt him to a crisp. Uh-oh. The Reaper came and never left. I watched for about an hour. The Reaper put on lays and moved into my house on vacation. He was on my couch watching TV and eating my pizza. Fucking mooch. Um, yeah, we, didn't, we didn't talk about that stuff, but like, just because <laughs> there was so much to talk about. There are a bunch of real cool things that can happen with death mm-hmm. in the game. Like, um, There's ways you can like trade the Grim Reaper things. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a master uh, at logic, you can play the Grim Reaper in chess. Yep. And and not die ever. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of cool shit you can do with with, with death, and th- sometimes that happens. Like sometimes the Grim Reaper just kind of like because he's a sim, <laughs> right? You know, so sometimes he'll act like acts like one. <laughs> so. Yeah, one of my favorite elements. Yeah, super Absolutely. super cool. No. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we, we, we talked in the episode about the Sims kind of being a little bit of a control simulator, a little bit of a meritocracy simulator, and even mm-hmm. when I was even when I was playing it for the show, like I noticed myself thinking about my daily routine in a different way, not like visualizing mm-hmm. meters or whatever, but just like thinking, just re- re- rethinking the way that I approach stuff. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, anything else about that? No, no, no. Okay. I did the, the good three. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, Brett says via contact, I have some stories I want to share, but they are about the Sims too. I played them all, but I believe The Sims 2 is where I spent most of my time. I don't really like to cheat in video games, especially if it's my first time through. It will ruin the experience. Anyway, this wasn't my first time with The Sims 2. I had already amassed many hours, uh, and it was was time to have some fun. I fired up that Rosebud cheat and spammed the enter button. 
if I recall correctly, uh, that will give you 1,000 simoleons every time enter is hit. Uh, I can remember naming the family Cheatin because I was using cheats. Mm. <laughs> um, I remember I had their upstairs as just a roof, no, a roof with no walls. Uh, they had a pool table, arcade, and many other expensive things. Uh, everything, uh, everything that was up there was uh, the most expensive possible, even if it looked ugly or it made no sense. I remember the flooring was the most expensive flooring because it was the Cheaton family spare no expense for any reason. Uh, I can also remember downloading a lot of custom content. I had Danny filth from the band crater cradle of filth. <laughs> um, there were uh, many other Sims I had, uh, but I can't recall. I also had a lot of custom items. I can remember having a drum set, even though those were never actually available in The Sims 2, or at least I never had it in any of the content that I owned. Yeah. And downloading specific Sims is like a, definitely a thing. Mm -hmm. Like I remember that from that time, like, you know, just having like importing Spider-Man into your neighborhood <laughs> so he can like do nothing. So, so he can, <laughs> like, he can be your friendly. Yeah. yeah. Like, like he doesn't do any Spider-Man shit. No. He just like no. shows up at parties and <laughs> stuff. Looks, yeah. Does normal stuff. Like, Which is fine. <laughs> Fucks and 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 you know <laughs> makes baby spiders. Yeah, makes just yeah, gorgeous as egg sacks. Yeah, thousands and thousands and thousands of baby spiders. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sprang out of his dick. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah. yeah yeah that's uh that, that's good and cheating is one of the very valid paths of playing this game. Mm -hmm. You know, like just choosing not to engage with the uh, uh the aspirational system of like getting to that goal, like running on that treadmill is fine and good. Mm -hmm. You know, so. You know, stay, yeah. Just take out the limits and build the most kind of like complicated and grandiose thing that you can. And I think the developers know that too. I think that they, you know, that's why they're, they're kind of easy. There's no controls. You don't have to fuck with a data INI file. I think that they understand that like, that's part of the game. Yes. Um, yeah. Thank you, Brett. Uh, moving on to Joe. Joe says about the Sims lore. I'm a little surprised about how y'all talked about it. People have cared about Sims characters for a while. And the biggest stories, Sims screenshot illustrated fanfic are usually about those characters. It's actually kind of fun to play around with the pre-made families and fuck up their stories and such, too. <clears throat> the Sims community in general is really interesting. Simultaneously, one of the most helpful and most dramatic games communities I've ever been involved in. If you're interested in some stories, look up a guy named Pascato. Uh, he's interesting, and I'd love to see some place like Polygon write a long-form article about him. Uh, that was This is in response to us uh, being a little bit bewildered that people are, like, fans of the goths. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like I haven't been along for the ride. Like, if I was there for the original Goths and saw them in every installment afterward, it just didn't work for me personally. So that's why it's yeah, kind of I don't, like... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what their characters are. Like, it doesn't feel like, you know, like, other than just kind of Sims. There's something about Sims that, like, just makes, you know, uh, like, it's hard for me to think of them in traditional fictional character roles. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it, in the little experiments I set up with little proxy versions of myself or little characters I've created, like, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. But the pre-existing ones, it's it's just very hard for it to me to feel similar to them as I would like, you know, like a Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. as a Spider-Man, it comes with his own with his own baggage, his yeah. own baggage and toys. Yeah, no, I, I think that a lot of that also just comes from I've never really engaged in uh, capital F fandom, you know, mm -hmm. or fan fiction kind of stuff. So it's just not an element that I've ever explored or appreciated. But I wouldn't take it away from anybody, you know. If I had the ability to, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and like, you know, the, the idea of there being like a, uh, a guy, you know, there, there being some, some weird stories or some guy who is very, you know, supportive, but also like the idea of drama in this specific community is funny to me as well. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so like, uh, I will see if I can find a, uh, a link for that fella. Yeah. Oh. Pescado is his name for anybody who missed yeah, the Pescado. first, the first utterance. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Andrew writes via contact. When I was in middle school, one of my friends brought a copy of The Sims uh, to a sleepover that a few of us were having. At the time, we were playing mostly first-person shooters and real-time strategy games. Uh, So when he pitched us a life simulator in which you socialize and go to work and decorate houses, we reacted how any open-minded and understanding adolescents would react. We made fun of him for an hour. Then we installed and played The Sims for the rest of the night. Then I kept playing The Sims. The next day... Uh, and for the next 15 years. I think that might uh, have been the one and only Sims party I, I had with my friends, but I do remember playing with my siblings occasionally throughout the years. Um, I have a, a younger sister and a younger brother, each separated by four years, so we weren't doing a ton of gaming together. Uh, but it's a credit to the universal appeal of The Sims that we could all sit in front of a computer and want to play the same game together. From what I remember, selling furniture and redecorating behind each other's back was minimal, <laughs> was minimal. Uh, uh, but that could be reminiscing uh, with rose-colored glasses. Congrats on, and thanks for 200 episodes. Thank you. Thanks, Andrew. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's a really cute idea, like the idea of like having a household where everybody kind of plays the same, you know, town in The Sims. Uh-huh. You know, that that's cute. Like, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I wish I had that. Like that makes me want like it, but yeah, I don't want roommates, but I do just for that purpose. Yep. You know. Yeah, just have a just have a common terminal where people can go up and play The Sims and just see see how everybody takes it. Um, mm-hmm. you, you have to you, know, you have to you have to select the people uh, correctly because you don't want somebody who's going to fly off the handle if you make a decision for them. You know, mm-hmm. or a decision they don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. And it does have that kind of insidious thing where it doesn't. It reminds me of um, as far as it being like a really difficult sell. Um, I'm sure I told this story before, but like trying to, uh, telling my mom, I wanted to rent like harvest moon. Oh yeah. And her yeah. asking me what it's about, you know, and just being like her not understanding the appeal. I imagine that being a very similar thing to this, mm-hmm. you know? And even when we did the episode, like I had a couple of tweets where people were just kind of like, yeah, I can't believe that you like that game. Like there's nothing to, there's, you know, there's no goal and <laughs> there's nothing to, there's nothing to do. And it's not exciting. And like, like, like which game harvest moon or this? No, this. Okay. You know, it's like, well, yeah, there's just like, I play games for lots of reasons yeah you know yeah. like it just uh uh you know so yeah. thinking thinking back so the the original sims came out when i was when i was 13 it was the year 2000 like none of my friends like nobody ever really dismissed it outright i think everybody was really excited about it like when people found out that i had it they wanted to come over and see how it worked mm-hmm. right but then again we also played like roller coaster tycoon and theme hospital and things like that yeah. so the idea of like sim you know simulations where like cool little stories popped up just by the course of the um you know by the course of the mechanics interacting with each other that was not like a, a foreign thing to us yeah know? yeah and and some of that's gonna be generational too yes right like like just like uh being games being a little bit further along as far as diversity of experience yeah yeah you know uh by the by the time they, that uh yeah so yeah <laughs> you know, um, yeah, so thanks. Uh, moving on to uh, responses about Donkey Kong 94. Alex says, via contact. I adore this game. I was very happy to hear you guys cover it. Uh, I always found the sequels, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, March of the Minis, uh, to totally miss the mark on what made DK94 so great. Namely, slowly shifting the focus from platforming with puzzle elements to puzzling with platforming elements. Thoughts? Um, also, I do not hate the mini Marios as much as the junior minis, uh, but it is close. Um, God, I hate those 
Junior Minis. I hope that everything so they much. eat turns to ash in their mouth. Absolutely. Yeah. Junior Junior Minis? Nuncar! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, um, yeah, the uh uh I we I think we talked about this in the episode. I haven't really played any of those. I, I know a little bit about them, but I've no. you know barely touched those, so I don't really have have thoughts too much on those uh those things. I went back to them. I went back to them on my just my ROM cart after after mm-hmm. we did the episode. Um, didn't play very much of them. Like I like the presentation. I think mm-hmm. it's a cute game. You know, the sound and music are fine. Just the the play just was kind of boring to me compared to mm-hmm. like the progression that DK ninety four gave you. You know. Yeah. 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 So we're probably on a similar page, but I just don't. I can't comment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Daniel writes via contact, man, DK94 was the best Game Boy surprise my brother and I ever got back when we were kids. He received the game as a birthday present, and we immediately thought it was a straight adaptation of the famous four-level arcade game. Imagine our surprise when the game just didn't end when we beat 100 meters. Uh, What followed was one of the best platformers I've ever played. DK94 set up the moveset for for Modern Wario's and packed a ton of content into uh, a system that I uh, wouldn't uh, believe could have handled it. It's too bad Mario the Mario versus DK games uh, aren't even half as good as 94. Um, one last quirk. The game was optimized for the Super Game Boy, which gave it rudimentary colors and a sweet DK border. It's unnecessary to do this kind of thing now because the Switch goes portable uh, and docked seamlessly, but those adapters are usually pretty neat. Uh, I hope you two had as much fun uh, with this as my brother and I did back in 94. Uh, had a yeah. lot of fun with it. Those, yeah. la- those last few levels, you know, last few worlds are kind of a bummer, but yeah, it's a real fun game. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're never they're never like, you know, a death march. Right. You know, um, there's like a, there's a really good... So, uh, People should go on YouTube and watch Jeremy Parrish's Super Game Boy stuff. Yes. Because I didn't have one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't uh, – I think it's very interesting while being like just kind of a thing that I – has no purpose for me now. Right. You know, so it's just a curiosity. And yeah. uh, he did, he's done a bunch of good videos like talking about the different games that have bespoke borders and kind of the, the hardware underneath there and everything. Mm-hmm. No, so. I, I had one and it was always very fun to like pick up a game and try to design a color pal- palette for it that looked good. Hmm. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how much time. It was definitely more than a few hours um, I spent in trying to get that RetroPie working um, to also get it to display the Super, oh, the, the, sure. yeah, the, uh, the, the Super Game Boy Color palette and border just because it would have looked better than kind of the, the puke green monochrome that it puts up. Yeah. 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 But uh, no dice. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing to emulate. Yes try to emulate a thing that emulates another thing even though like i you know i will say like you can run an nes emulator and run a game boy off of it and that's also like a pass-through yeah kind of thing so it seems like there should be an easier way but yeah unfortunately that's not i I looked at it like i did a bunch of uh i did a bunch of searches around how to emulate the super the the super game boy and a lot of it is just like yeah it's the the super game boy is just a game boy Mm. (laughs) it's it's game boy hardware without a screen yeah. yeah, there might be more of a way, or more of a way to do it if there was more demand yes. for it. You know, people might have figured that out. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to Brian. Brian says, "By contact, my parents divorced when I was two, and I lived with my mom. So every summer, my dad would drive down and pick me up so I could spend summer vacations with him. It was a ten-hour trip, so making sure I had enough to entertain myself was important. Luckily, back then, I didn't get car sick when I read or played on my Game Boy, so I had that going for me." 
Donkey Kong 94 came out just before one of these trips, and while I'm sure I had a couple of other games and a few books, my main memory is playing this. I was about eight or nine, or um, I was about eight or nine, so some of the later levels were very difficult at the time and took me several hours to clear an area. I did eventually beat it halfway through my vacation, and I remember how excited I was. Revisiting it with emulators, and when it was added to the 3DS eShop, brought back a lot of fond memories, and made me really appreciate how much free, how much freedom of movement this game had for a Game Boy game. I doubt I utilized most of Mario's moveset, unless it was necessary when I was a kid. But now, it's fun to try to get through levels as quickly as possible by backflipping and jumping from a handstand as much as possible. P.S. I've also in, I've also always enjoyed Donkey Kong Jr. more than Donkey Kong. Thank you. Yeah. Solidarity. That came up during the episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love that DK Jr. <laughs> Not as a character, right? No, yeah, as a, like as again, a as a game. Yeah, he's he's a step above Junior Mini, but the, uh, the as a game, that's a good game. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm I miss being able to do stuff in a car or a yeah, plane. Yeah, I can't. I, yeah, I can't do can't do very much in in a car. It makes lifts really rough because mm. it's like, what am I going to do? Talk to this guy? <laughs> just, yeah, uh, what if you get a brant? Come on. Yeah. What if I? What if? Yeah. What if I get branded? <laughs> The um, I, I had a reverse brand. I had a really, really like delightful lift lift driver though. Oh, nice. So there's like a nice karmic rebalance. Yeah. What was delightful yeah. about this lift driver? Oh, it was just, like it was a, a lady who uh was starting her own business and like sang a lot and was very sassy to like mm. people we passed. Nice. Uh, and stuff and just like very funny and like fun to talk to. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know how to segue off of that. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I don't, I don't have a whole lot to add to the, the response either. Like, it's a, it's, a, it's a nice, uh, I think it's a pretty universal kind of memory of, like, going for either on vacations, road trips, things like that mm-hmm. um, as a kid and kind of, like, packing up your Game Boy. So, oh, yeah, very nice stuff. Lots of games I beat in the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Andrew writes via contact, not exactly related to Donkey Kong 94, but I'm glad that Gary mentioned the music from Donkey Kong Country as a high point from those games. One of my daily playlists on Spotify is made up of a sort of video game music, and I was surprised at how much I liked a lot of those DKC tracks. Uh, the ones that come up on Spotify are by Good Night Productions, Night with a K. Um, I can't remember appreciating the music much uh, that much at the time, so it was a pleasant surprise to rediscover after so many years. Yeah, yeah, the mu- the, the music is good. I've never I've never uh, heard about Good Night productions uh but yeah, good good name guys yeah yeah <laughs> no i just uh in, in all of our bashing of donkey kong country as kind of not being that great i think that the music is always set aside as being like yeah that's that's something that we will concede and it is always brought up as no but this game is worthwhile because the music nah nah it's like it's just good music man yeah yeah, yeah exactly like and you they exist in a vacuum i i assure you Yes. I can go on YouTube and listen to any of the music from this company mm-hmm. without playing the game. Yes. So, um, yeah. Thank you. Uh, thanks, everybody, for your responses to DK94. Uh, moving on to our responses to Pathologic, uh, Benedict says, I contact. Pathologic is a difficult game to talk about. It's much easier to just play it and then put it back underneath the weird, gross rock you found it under. <laughs> that said, it's been fun discussing it in the Hexcrank Slack with people who are much better than me at articulating why it's such a singular and gripping piece of art. I've been looking forward to hearing your insight on it, too, because my own opinion is so biased by the circumstances I played it under. It was the first game I played after moving out of my mom's tiny house and could safely play it late at night without waking anyone. I also ended up playing one character per year while in college 
as taking breaks is probably the best way to enjoy such a wearying, relentless experience. The Hero Spect is the best of the three, in my opinion. Uh, it's my favorite horror game and some of my favorite written work, so I've thought about getting a pathologic tattoo. But aside from the long mark symbols, it doesn't have much distinctive imagery that I feel uh, wouldn't be inviting some kind of bleak nursery rhyme curse into my life. <laughs> See, that's the thing. That's it's very similar to how I've considered getting the symbol of torment uh-huh. tattooed on me and then thought like, well, in that game, though, like that's the thing you have when when you're bound to the, the nameless one and you'll you'll live. You'll be miserable for the rest of your life, no matter what. So. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, uh, similar idea with like the dark sign, or I love the uh, the the icon of the Crimson King from uh, from uh, Dark Tower, but yeah. I don't I don't want to mark myself with the Crimson King's eye. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. yeah. I I could, I, and there's probably um, you should probably just get like Bachelor rules <laughs> as, as as your thing, or like you know Harrisbeck life. Respects yeah. life, mm. you know, so everyone knows that you're down with that that specific lifestyle. Bringing you know, the respectsy good... back, yeah, yeah, something something um, terrible like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, ain't no respectsy girl. Yeah. Um, oh, just 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 get a map of the uh, of the of the <laughs> the town, the bull. Yeah, the bull actually would be a good tattoo, like the, the uh-huh. side view. Yeah, like that's not bad. Yeah, like I'm not saying a full back piece like Red Dragon or some shit, but like <laughs> I am know? go full yakuza yeah. on this man. <laughs> The, um but like getting uh getting just that 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 drawing is is not a bad idea yeah for, for a, a pathologic tattoo yeah or get a tragedian face oh sure yeah yeah mm-hmm. we're, we're punching up your tattoos ideas but i take you have you have no you have no recourse like no, get a no excuse come on man yeah, no excuse there are a lot of good tattoos you can get man <laughs> so. thank you benedict uh, it's been fun talking about uh pathologic and the hex crank channel on our slack as well mm-hmm. yeah uh sam writes via contact saying I haven't played Pathologic yet because I'm waiting for the remake slash sequel. But after listening to the episode, I realized I had an unplayed copy of Icepick Lodge's more recent game, The Void, installed on my Steam library at some unknown point in the past. I just played it for about two hours straight until I died because of all the mistakes I made while figuring out its Baroque resource management mechanics. Uh, If you want to live in a pit, I can definitely recommend playing The Void. Uh, which is also a pit that is full of naked people, surrealist imagery, and the occasional Hellraiser. No, Hellraisers are about. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Hellraiser reporting for duty. Hellraiser <laughs> reporting for duty. Friendly neighborhood Hellraiser. Um, the, uh, that, that's like that's like a wine mom like shirt that she put on a toddler, though. <laughs> no? <laughs> that, that, that's how you about the saddest sign that I've ever seen. What's that? And just uh, go grocery shopping at Meyer and take a lap around the store, pass by the home goods, and they've got a lot of those very quaint, like, they look like hand-drawn signs, but they're probably printed in a factory in China. Sure, and like life, live, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Live, laugh, learn, love, things yeah, like that. that. Uh, yeah. And, you know, there, there are a bunch that are like, don't talk to me before I've had my coffee. Sure. Uh, I considered getting one that just said it was, a, it was a gray block that said, please leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that too. Yeah, but I, a... I could never bring myself to keep the 15 bucks. That isn't the saddest one. The saddest one that I saw was just, uh, it was, it was a couplet wine, mom, dog, mom. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that, that old expression. Yeah. Wine, mom, dog, mom. Yeah. Wine, mom, dog, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so and, just, yeah. just, I just want to bring that up. I've got a giant coffee cup that says, uh, I work so my cat can have a better life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I got because having a coffee cup that holds more than the standard amount of coffee that isn't like a novelty undrinkable cup. Yeah, not but, an Aji you know. Pie Reese's Pieces cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just want like a you know I want to hold two regular cups of coffee. Yes, 
you know, and those are difficult. So I got that for that. Yeah. I've got uh, one purpose. that I've got one that holds like a half liter of coffee that just has poison on the side of it. Yeah, that's that's pretty good too. Yeah, it's got a little skull yeah. and crossbones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um uh, no, I want to play the void. It sucks that you can't play it effectively, Gary, because of the because they decided to make it as colorblind, uh unfriendly as possible. Yeah. It's just it's just a primary, you know, it yeah, it's a primary mechanic. Yeah. You know, in the game. I watched like I, I mentioned before, like Nick Nick played it, so I watched Nick play it a lot. Mm-hmm. Not a lot, but I watched Nick play it for like an evening and stuff. It definitely looks interesting. I do. I don't. It's not hurt me that I haven't played it. Like I yeah. like I with this. The thing that I am I feel about Ice Pick is just like, oh, I'm going to read like a lot about this game. Like I'm going to watch yeah. a let's play from somebody who knows all of the systems mm-hmm. um, and can just kind of explain everything that's happening. And it's I'm going to get. 88 percent of the effect. Yes. You know, because I now I feel like I can just take the copy of misery that I have from uh, a pathologic and just imprint it over the experience. Yes. Like, Oh, I know how they're trying to make me feel desperate and, <laughs> and shitty. Like I understand that now and I can now bring that to things. Yeah. You can, you, you got a bookmark placed at the end of the rope. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I feel like I can, I can project so I can still get the void experience. It, it doesn't bode well for doing it on the show. Cause I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to play it, but it, it does. Uh, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm missing out particularly. Make your shit accessible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's just it's it's. I think you know maybe they would do that now. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe the remake of Pathological sell like gangbusters, and they'll do a remake of this, and they'll they'll do that. But it, my understanding with the void is it's such a prime thing. Like mm-hmm. it would be very difficult. Yeah, yeah. Because like a lot of times, colorblind accessibility, uh, the way that you get around that, um, other than just like changing contrast options, which doesn't catch everybody, is to like have a, a like a symbol. Yeah. Kind of thing, like a way to do puzzle uh, or like do bust a move. Mm-hmm. Um, colorblind accessible would be to have like a symbol in each thing. Yeah. Like a plus minus, you know, and you couldn't do that with the way color is used in the void. Right. Like it's, it's all vague particle effecty, you know, kind of things. It's not a, it'd be real weird if it was just a, a big floating, like, you know, here's a frowny face and here's a smiley face. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, thank you, Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to responses to earth defense force. Uh, Sam says by contact since I... you requested believe. <laughs> Hi again, Sam. <laughs> oh, is it the same Sam? Yep. Hey, same Sam. Um, since you requested belated opinions on EDF 4.1, I will toss in mine. I'm a casual fan of the series, but the EDF games are very much a play until I'm bored type of thing. I don't think I've ever actually cleared every mission in one, and I think I'd hate them if I had to play through one on a deadline. The crappy online multiplayer was a big letdown for somebody who doesn't mind playing a PvE shooter with randos. Also, I've only played the first EDF that was released on Vita, but it's totally solid and a good place for that kind of game. If you're in for a shitty fighting game, there's one called All-Star Fighters on that is like Smash Brothers, but with characters from the Simple series, including the EDF guy. Giant Bomb covered it a month or two ago if you don't want to play it yourself. I don't. Yeah, yeah good. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not in for a shitty fighting game. I, like, I yeah. just, you know, I'm, I'm all right. The, uh... I would like to know more about what came out of the Simple series, just because I imagine yeah. there is some interesting stuff there. Um... What, a, what a weird idea of like doing a fighter of those. like. Yeah. You imagine like the equivalent for for games that you know we're more familiar with, where it's like, you know, Darkstone Racers, <laughs> you know, or something like that. It's yeah. like, and it's like the Darkstone, the guy from uh, uh, Martian Gothic, <laughs> the the guy from the game just called Pool mm-hmm. that came out on PlayStation One. Yeah, you know, like just just all of those PS One, like the guy who did, does the the uh, 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 Razor Scooter. Uh, Tony Hawk ripoff, the main <laughs> that like Chab or yeah. something like that. You know, a couple of fighters from Iron and Blood. 
Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just throw all those guys in there and just put them in a racing game. Like, what a weird <laughs> idea, you yeah. know? All the characters you haven't heard of, like, all in one place. Yeah, also the audacity to call that All-Star Fighters. Yeah. Well, because isn't the All-Star, like, isn't that, what is the name of the... PlayStation um, All-Stars, something yeah, like that? PlayStation yeah, PlayStation All-Stars, yeah, where it's like you can be... Parappa uh, Jackson, and Daxter and Parappa and, and Sly. Big Daddy. Yeah. And Kratos. Yeah. Shit like that. So, yeah, it's it's not, not All-Star. <laughs> that is a very funny idea for a game, for sure. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I'm curious um, about it. Finally, here we have Fred, who says, um, via contact... Though I know I've missed the cutoff point by quite a lot, I wanted to say thanks for highlighting Earth Defense Force 4.1. Though I'm sure you probably view your review as pretty negative, you made the game sound pretty cool. Plus, the game was on sale for $20 because of the Steam Summer Sale this weekend. The mention about how fencers getting better movement options as time goes on was especially helpful. I spent a lot of time with the class, and I like it a lot. Even though they don't get their absolutely broken dash-cancel combo until near the end of normal mode, any melee weapon plus shield gets them a pretty good one immediately. I wish one of you had played a damage-oriented class instead of exclusively support classes, but I'm very glad that your coverage led to me uh, giving the series another shot regardless. The, the, like the, the, the Wing Raiders or whatever they were, those are damage, right? and they're they're kind of both yeah like they're, they're damaged but they're supposed to be like mobility like it'd be like a dps class like a rogue okay yeah is how i think it would map down but like the issue with that too and, and i understand like wanting somewhat you know wanting us to play more of the thing but it's they made a game where it's balanced for four players each one taking one of these roles yeah you know and we're just one one person or at most two people mm-hmm. you know so it, it's difficult to have and again you know like without wanting to relitigate the entire thing the game is very unfriendly to just starting over or like dabbling in another class mm-hmm. so trying any of those like we if we didn't play the support characters we played uh then we would not have been able to talk about support characters because we wouldn't be able to just dabble in those because the game doesn't want you to dabble we have to start over from the beginning and just play it again yeah so and now i'm mad at edf again <laughs> so damn it the, the, uh, <laughs> i almost about scabbed it over month, now, yeah <laughs> i just it was just uh, just on the verge of me forgetting about it for the rest of my life uh-huh. and uh and then it just like popped back up, even though something in this uh, where it's like, uh, you know, talking about the the fencers getting uh, air cancels and stuff like this. is This is, you know, a sneak preview, but it segues well into what we're doing next. Uh, we were talking about like unnecessary mechanics in near. Mm-hmm. Like, I forgot about that, too. Like, I yeah. picked up a tutorial. And it's like air air dash canceling. What? The, <laughs> why? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, that's a, that's a thing that's in character action games, right? Yeah, so we had to put it in this game. Like, oh, do, like, do you, do you need it? No. Is it a character action game? Nah. Like, <laughs> nunca. Uh, not remotely. Like, it is very, very funny that I picked up a thing. And then yeah, I picked it up and it was one sentence. It was like, press this to do an air dash cancel. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, near. <sighs> you got me. <sighs> I, I, I know this is a meme, but go home near your trunk. Yeah, you do. You, uh, you're not at, you're not acting like a video game. No. <laughs> Um, um it's very funny um thanks everybody for for responding the uh the deadline uh is always the 15th of the month yes and so the deadline will be august 15th if you have uh comments about near and uh, we expect uh all the the we, we, need, we need you in force mm-hmm. for that it's a big spicy one um and then uh for god of war the original god of war for the ps2 yes uh so august 15th for those we are ready to announce what we are covering for uh september as well which is another theme month uh, mm-hmm. This is requested by Nicholas, uh, who says uh, that he wants us to do uh, kind of auteur developed adventure games. There we go. Yeah, so, a great theme yeah. because that, that that genre 
lends, I think more than any other genre other than like specific kind of indies, you know, lends itself to, especially during the boom of that, like there are auteur adventure game designers. Like we know the names of individual designers of adventure games more than we know, like in other genres, it feels like we know studios. Yes. You know, more than anything, like they're developers. Like I know what an Obsidian game is like, mm -hmm. but I also know what a Ron Gilbert game is like. And I know the difference between a Ron Gilbert and a Tim Schafer game. Yes. And that's different than a Jane Jensen game and like all those things. So this is, this is a great idea for a theme. Yeah. Like this, uh, this picks up on, this is, the, this is what we want. This is Walt 2.0 prime. So, so very, very good job, Nicholas. Absolutely. Uh, so what are we doing first, Gary? Uh, the first game we're going to be doing is quest for glory Two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. this is, you know, classic Sierra game, uh, mixes role-playing mechanics with adventure, uh, mechanics. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, the tour behind this Corey, uh, and Lori and Cole are the, yes. uh, kind of the, 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 this is the brainchild of them. There we go. Mm -hmm. Recently, uh, saw on Twitter, a big influence on the West of Loathing game. Oh, nice. And that makes actually tons of sense. Absolutely. Cause that is definitely also a hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we are doing a game that I hadn't heard about before Nicholas requested it specifically, um, Callahan's Cross Time Saloon. Yes. Um, I've definitely heard of this. I saw ads for this in a PC game magazine, you know, PC game players or whatever the, the magazine I had as a kid. Mm -hmm. And when I read that, um, hardcore gaming one-on-one adventure game, like 700 page adventure game textbook, like it jumped out as me, yeah. jumped out at me as being very interesting, but I've never played it either. Yeah. So... so Pretty into this, uh, by is by uh, the auteur behind this is somebody named Spider Robinson. So mm -hmm. you have to Google. And this for is it. the game that Nicholas uh, requested. Yes. Yeah. So I am looking forward to, uh, to to diving into that. And Gary, what are we doing uh, last? Uh, after that, we are doing we're rounding out. I love it when we complete a series. Mm -hmm. uh, we are finishing Gabriel Knight. We are doing Gabriel Knight three. Um, and uh, that is blood of the sacred blood of the damned. Yeah. Um, uh, and that is, uh, the third in that uh, trilogy, the Jane Jensen, uh, Sierra adventure games that, uh, this is by far the, uh, the most hated mm -hmm. of the three and one of the most hated adventure games of all time. And that reputation has always been kind of horseshit. <laughs> um, like the, the puzzle that everyone, you know, it's all because old man Murray made a funny article and sometimes things can't bounce back from that. Right. Uh, like the puzzle that everyone makes fun of with the cat hair is dumb as hell. Mm -hmm. There's tons of like fine and good puzzles in, in Gabriel Knight 3. Yeah. And it is still a Gabriel Knight game. So it has kind of above average dialogue based kind of detective stuff and, yeah. and things like that. Like it's still a Gabriel Knight game. Yeah. I am so excited to have uh, Tim Curry and Mark Hamill back in the saddle. Hell so, yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, it is a pain to get around. It's got a little bit of that. Like it's, even probably a little bit worse than Grim Fandango as far as like being a 3D game for no real good reason. Mm -hmm. um, so that takes a while to get used to, but it's, uh, you know, it's, you can get used to it. Yeah. You know, it's not like it's insurmountable. Um, yeah. And it's got, uh, it's got vampires and some of the Holy, Holy Grail. Yeah. So cool shit. Um, and I love, I love rounding out series. Like at some point we're going to have to do Bimfinite just to, just to round out them Bioshocks. Oh yeah. So, cause then we can, we can say, well, yeah, we did all the Bioshocks. <laughs> Hey, hey, we've made our case. Hey, baby. Yeah. Here's all them Bioshocks, the Bioshock <laughs> suite, you know, yeah. and but we'll have the uh, the Gabriel Knight suite. What if what, what if well, so we uh, we finished any other series? We're Fallout 4 away from Fallout. Yeah. With yeah. The, and, and Brotherhood of Steel, I guess, or Tactics. Mm -hmm. uh, it's cool. So I guess we got a little ways. Little ways. Yeah. Um, man, I'm drawing a blank. I, yeah, it, I think it's, that's it, it, though. I think it's hard to go yeah. back through 200 episodes. <laughs> I think this is our first series we'll complete. Yeah. That has like a series. Yes. Do it. Yeah. So, um, pretty cool. 
Mm-hmm. So, and we uh, we know uh, what's going to happen in October as well. Uh, we got a poll that month, and it's all cool stuff. Yes. So, uh, good, uh, good, uh, good spring or good fall, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I mean, I, I will announce this in advance, even though it's like way in advance, but I think uh-huh. it's worth it, and because people keep asking about it, um, we were we talked about we're going to do blood and wine in 2018. That's going to come in November. Yes. Yeah. So let's just I'll just call it now because the uh, enough people have asked me about it. I know people are are hungry for it, and mm-hmm. we definitely are, said we were going to do it in 2018. Time just kind of got away from us. I think we intended to do it a little bit earlier, and mm-hmm. other stuff came up. Yes. So. As, as I'm fond of saying, we did other stuff instead. Yes. So, so yeah. Well, looking forward to all of that. We've got a, a good slate coming up. Uh, thank you, everybody who uh, has listened and helped make make the show possible. Uh, thank you, everybody mm-hmm. who wrote in as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. We really do appreciate it. Um, if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the number. Did you Did you just say that? I don't think so. I, no, I people, went into people weird. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People listen. So thank you for listening. If you want to. So during this, we just talked about somebody who uh, requested a theme month. The reason why Nicholas was able to do that is because he's a patron. If you go to patreon.com slash duck feed TV, mm-hmm. that's how you learn about that. Yes. So, um, yeah. So go there, check out the different tiers, see uh, uh, how you feel about those. And if you can't give, we understand, but if you can, even a small little bit helps us out. It all adds up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We really do appreciate it. Um, yeah, so, uh, until next time, you know, it's the, uh, no, uh, we, we stopped doing deleted scenes. I think that's all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking about that, like as a thing, like, yeah, oh, it just all, all, all of that gave way to business. And I think we're also saving, um, I think we're also, we also save anecdotes for, uh, for epic suffering. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Things change. Yep. There's, there's a, uh, there's an evolution, uh, baby. <laughs> and, um, unless you get vertigo and if you get vertigo, <laughs> you don't know how to disarm an atomic bomb. <laughs> You too can join us at <laughs> Jesus <Eternal>. God. <laughs> uh, don't make a war out of it, <laughs> my boys. <laughs> yeah. who, who, who is Dog Mom? <laughs> <laughs>